Welcome, 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 welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your co-host, Keith Pompey, along with my man, Devon Givens. You know what? I, I just want to let you guys know that today is thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. You can get this podcast wherever you log on to your podcast at. D, I want to talk about why I believe that Joel and B shouldn't rest these next four games. I mean, today, and, and then, you know, after that, we want to talk about you know, some other things like Doc Rivers been under fire a lot lately about, uh, yeah. you know, the, his in-game coaching and stuff like that. And, you know, he doesn't need me to defend him, but I'm going to defend him on uh, one situation. And I would like to get your opinion on it. And then thirdly, y'all, you know, we're just going to talk about something that comes through our mind during the, during the show. But um, without further ado, um, what's up, D? How you been, bro? Been doing all right. Uh, looking forward to this game tonight. Another big matchup against the Cavs. Third time this season. Third time in the last couple of weeks, actually, uh, that we'll get a chance to see them since the All-Star break. So, nice young team. Evan Mobley had a pretty big game the last time out. Darius Garland, same thing. So, curious to see how the Sixers uh, perform in a bounce-back situation after the tough one on Monday. So, my question to you is, you know how I feel. So I want to ask you how you feel about this Joel Embiid situation. Like, you know, you look at him. I know he, he's tired. He said he was tired the last game. But, right. Uh, what do you do in that situation? Well, listen, I mean, on the back-to-back, the way that they did, we looked at that Orlando game, Keith, and we looked at it as a game where they can get some work done early and hopefully by the time we get to the fourth quarter, right around eight, seven minutes left in the game, take the starters out, specifically Embiid and Harden, and allow them to get some some additional rest, knowing that you had a much tougher opponent in the Nuggets on Monday night. But you left Orlando hanging around long enough where they had enough confidence in themselves, where they felt like they could they could take that game, they could steal that game. And uh, next thing you know, we're in overtime. And, and you play 40-plus minutes with your starters, and, and now you have to go into that Denver game and certainly hope that they played, which they did, and, and B played a great game. But that's, the, that's how I thought they would get that, that load management game, if you will, that, that rest game. And even if they had played better against Brooklyn and, and stole that game as well, then maybe he would not have had to play on Sunday against the Orlando Magic. So for me, it was a domino effect of trying to figure out where you can fit in and allow MB to take some rest days now, to your point, with everything especially so jumbled up in the Eastern Conference up top where the Sixers are still in third place, you need him out there. You need him to play in these games in order to get these Ws, stay within rhythm, by the way, and you're still trying to make sure that the entire starting unit plus the subs that do come in are still figuring things out with James Harden since they, he is still relatively new, even with eight games already under their belt. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, first of all, you look at the 76ers right now. You know, the Sixers are, what, 41 and 26, right? Um, yeah. They're, they're, they're trying to get their stuff together in regards to, like, gelling and, and, and coming together before the playoff. Um, I'm looking at this game, and, and I can't see them uh, beating these teams right now without Joel Embiid. And what I'm talking about is um, I'm talking about the uh, – the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm talking about that's that that's tonight's game. I'm talking about the Dallas Mavericks on on Friday. Now Dallas center starting center is injured, but you still need MB's presence because he is the 
you know, the, le- the league's leading scorer. So then from there, then you got the back-to-backs against um, this, was it? Toronto, Toronto and Miami. Miami. Toronto and Miami. Now, when you look at it right now, you know, we talk about uh, the bench. We talk about how mm-hmm. the bench has just been outscored. And everybody talks about the Sixers um, scoring defense, right? Well, the thing about our transition, D, if you really look at it, a lot of those uh, problems occur when they bring in the backups, right? The sure. bench has been like, so Monday night was a lady example. When the, when the reserves collectively shot four for 24 and were a combined minus 43, right? So you look at DeAndre Jordan, MB's backup, three-time All-NBA center, right? Jordan is a great locker room guy, so let's give him that. But at this right. stage of the year, the 14th-year veteran puts the Sixers at a huge disadvantage especially against elite centers, right? So in Mm -hmm. four games with the Sixers, he's averaged 3.8 points on 38.5% shooting to go with 5.5 rebounds in 12.8 minutes. Now, here's the thing. Jordan was a minus nine against the Magic on Sunday. He followed that up with uh, three points on one for six shooting, six rebounds and one blocks in 11 minutes versus the Nuggets. Now, with him on the court, get this. The Sixers are being now scored by 13.6 points per 100% sessions. The team hit his rock bottom in Jordan's 39 minutes played next to James Harden. That's when the Sixers are getting outscored by 22.7 points per 100% sessions. So when you factor that in, D, and I'm talking about these next four games, there's no way, in my opinion, that you're going to benefit from resting Joel. Now, after that, they'll play mm-hmm. those four games. They're going to have an off day. They'll go to L.A. for, for a couple of days, right? And then at that particular point, that's when I think, like, no offense to, to uh, the Lakers, but if there was a game that I got to rest Joel, you know what I mean? You, 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 have the, you have an off day, and then you have that game. You give them another day rest before he plays the Clippers. Because sure. right now, I can't see it, man. I, I just don't think it makes sense to rest him if you're trying to win games. Because at this particular point of his career, I don't think that, uh, you know, Jordan would be it, – it would put him in a great spot going up against these guys right now. No, I agree. And, and even when we look at uh, James Harden, we haven't seen James Harden lead this team without Joel Embiid yet, where he's the only – all-star out there, Joel Embiid is having this rest day off, and we get to see now how the offense is with James Harden as the number one option, and everybody else just falls into place, Maxie, Harris, etc. So we haven't seen that yet. Not that I want to see it, but uh, at least you do have, in the event that he does have to miss a game, that I'm curious just to see what it looks like uh, when he's not out there. I have an idea of what it looks like, but we also know that being around Doc Rivers for the last year and a half, that he gets up for these games where he feels like it's a challenge now when Joel Embiid or at the time Ben Simmons were out. And even during this season when COVID really hit the team and you're playing with Tyrese Maxey as the number one option and you have to mix and match with Isaiah Joe and Paul Reed, Charles Bassey, et cetera, all these different names that they have to come in there and try to figure out if they can, if he can coach them to a, a, a win over 
over a uh, a really good team. I, I think that, of course, while he may not want to, I'm pretty sure that Doc Rivers would do a, a pretty solid job of helping his team with an opportunity to win. I don't expect Embiid to miss a lot of games. And to your point about DeAndre Jordan, he can't be your starter. I, I don't know if you would go with Paul Millsap, decide to go with one of the young guys and Paul Reed or Charles Bassey, who just recently played in, in the Delaware Blue Coast game and had a solid game. I don't know what Doc Rivers would do in that particular case, but if it is Jordan, Millsap, yeah, I'm not feeling all that great about their chances in that particular spot with those guys as your starting five. Nah, nah. And, and I honestly, I don't think, I mean, you know, it is what it is, and it's not a knock against anyone. I just don't think right now without with the nah. loss of Andre Drummond, that you can really go to anybody. Like, I think Drummond was your guy and was the guy that you were supposed to go to. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. No. But but I want to talk to y'all, y- y'all fans about prize picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning at prize picks. Prize pick is a daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and we know you will too, right? So here's the thing. You can pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry as it's just you and the projected number. Prize picks is safe and offer uh, fast withdrawals, right? Prize picks allows mixed sports entries, right? So insert, you know, I locked on 76ers, you know, Devon or, or me, you know, can use to take over for one player combined with the under of a second player in the same entry. That's easy, right? So this is what you got to do. What you need to do is you need to uh, go to prize picks. And this no-brainer is an offer for all the uh, all our users. Use, uh, users get $50 for free. If a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. That's an exclusive offer on Locked On Fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA, $50 for free. If a, if, if a player in your prize pick entry scores a single point, the, I don't know about you, bro, but uh, that seems like some easy money to me and something that I think that, you know, our, our, our viewers should, uh, should, 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 should you know, enjoy doing. But the, here's the thing. I want to talk about this too. Doc Rivers has been getting a lot of flack about, you know, particularly the last play of the game, where last offensive possession of the game for the Sixers, where Joel mm-hmm. Embiid had the ball and then they swung it to George Niang. And I guess, you know, you know, some people wanted, I guess, Doc to have a better play than that or or have more command of who got who shot the ball on the on the final play. What's your opinion of that? Yeah, I thought that – I thought he took a little bit too much heat. My only issue was – not even necessarily an issue. I thought that with one timeout remaining uh, after uh, you saw what was happening with the Nuggets, missed shot opportunity for them to come down and maybe draw something up. He didn't use his timeout. He had a timeout remaining, did not use it, and we saw what we saw with the George Niang shot. So first I'll start there with the shot. Double Joel Embiid was double teamed on that play. And a lot of people, Sixer fans, were complaining that George Niang should not be taking that shot. 
fair. Didn't seem to have his legs. Didn't seem to have it that night after having a really good game against the Orlando Magic. He played 35 plus minutes. So maybe he was a little bit shot after that game and then logging 25 plus minutes against the Denver Nuggets and a big shot at that point. He was two for 10, I believe, from three and two for 12 overall from the floor. So he didn't have it, but he was wide open. He was out there for a reason to stretch the floor and to space the floor a little bit. So when Joel Embiid is double team and time is running down, if that's the best shot, George Nene has to take the shot. I'm not going to, I'm not going to destroy Doc Rivers and I can get on Doc Rivers for things throughout the season. And maybe even in that game, I just talked about the timeout, but I'm not going to destroy him for George Niang taking an open shot from beyond to try to tie the game and maybe force overtime with the Denver Nuggets with some time left on the clock if that shot would have fallen. So I thought it was a little bit of uh, unnecessary heat against Doc Rivers because of that possession. If anything, and once again, once Niang got the offensive rebound, he needed to know time and situation of where he was, how much time was on the clock. And we all saw Tyrese Maxey open in the moment, uh, waiting for a pass in the shooting pocket to maybe get a better look at another three-pointer with one last attempt to tie the game. That's not on Doc Rivers at that point. That's on the veteran, George Niang, to again be aware of the time that's left on the clock, the situation down three needing a three, that two-pointer wasn't really going to give you enough time to make that foul uh, once the ball is inbounded. It's less than three There's less than three seconds. So I didn't have a problem with it. And in his defense, the only reason I would think that he didn't call that timeout to design something was to keep the players that were out there offensively for the Denver Nuggets. Maybe, and I don't remember the personnel that was out there off the top of my head, but and keep the personnel that was in there already to not allow Michael Malone to set up his defense, make the defense the substitutions to have a better opportunity, like Aaron Gordon being in the game at that point, to slow the Sixers down. So I thought it was a little bit of pressure, that of heat that was coming down on Doc Rivers that was a little bit unnecessary. I can understand that people wanted him to, to call the timeout, and the timeout would have been no good at that particular at that particular time. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, you know. So I, I I get that. I'm I'm not like getting Doc off the hook for that one. Um, but the one thing that I will say is that um, I think when you have a future Hall of Famer in James Harden with the ball mm -hmm. and his playmaking ability and the plays mm -hmm. that he showed that he made in the first three games, right when he was playing at an extremely high level. And then you have a guy like Joel Embiid, who's the the MVP. I think that going in there, you expect these guys to make the right plays. I, sure. I think you do. I think that when you have a guy like Tyrese Maxey or something like that, then you got to be more like on the on. A, hey, look, this is what I need you to do. Like they've been there. Yeah. Now the right. thing is, yes, George Niang struggled. He shot two for twelve that game. But George Niang is their best shooter, their best shooter on the team. And in that situation, maybe the moment could have been too big for him, maybe. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, and, and it's not like Doc doesn't need me to be an apologist for him. Heck, Doc and I had gotten into it a couple times. Right? <laughs> yes, but, we have. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, what, what, what I think is, is, it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, yeah. in that instance, like if if Joel, here's the thing, if Joel wouldn't have swung the ball to him, 
and Joel took the shot and missed it or whatever, then people like Joel's being selfish. You know what I mean? Now, if George yeah. didn't take that shot and he swings back, then what if the clock runs out, right? You know, so to me, you know, it, it's one of those things where you you learn from, it, it, it was a bad ending, but, it, but yes, they probably could have used the timeout, but to, to what you said, it's one of those things that, yeah, you can use that timeout, but you also got to understand that uh, you, you, you setting that other team up to allow them to get the right personnel on the floor, you know, right. but for that, man, like, just, just talk to us a little bit about Built Bar. Yeah. So Built Bar, Keith, it's March. We're approaching spring. And as we are getting to the, the start of uh, spring here and the weather, hopefully knock on wood, cooperating for us, a lot of people are going to decide to make sure that they have their bodies right. So I got to tell you about Built Bar. And uh, most importantly, I got to ask you about the newest thing. Have you tried the puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first protein ever pro protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. So if you need a substitute for your candy bar, Built Bar is the thing. Puffs are now a fan favorite with so many incredible flavors from, flavors from yummy, yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so good. These are all gonna be your new favorites. All Built Bar are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included, 100% real chocolate. They're low in calorie, high protein. So again, replace your candy bars. They are much better. The typical candy bar can go anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com and scroll down to the micros chart. You'll be blown away by what you find out. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. So again, compare all your, your, your candy bars to the built bar, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. All delicious, all new flavors. Go check it out at Built Bar. They're all about the taste. They make it delicious the first time, and then you figure out how to make it healthy later on. And I know that they figured it out and they've done it. They pull it off every time. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built. Dot com. Yeah, you know. Got to get the know. body right, kid. Come on. Got to get the oh, body right. Oh, I'll, I'll get it right. No candy I'll get bars. I'm right. talking about you. You're in good shape. I just want to help out the people. Oh, no. Nah, I, I, I could be in better shape, too. But anyway, <laughs> so, so uh, way better shape. But, um, but um, the, the thing I want to talk to you about is tonight's game, right? Here's a game where, you know, the Sixers are in third. Uh, Cleveland was one of the hottest teams early. They're kind of yeah, coming yeah. back down to earth now. And they're like in six. I believe their record is uh, 39 and 29. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's what their record is. And, you know, they don't have Jared Allen tonight. Um, Colin Sexton has yet to return. Uh, Ray John Rondo is still out. So, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where you look at this game and you say to yourself, the scheduling guys really help the Sixers out. But I'm going to be honest with you, D. A lot of times, man, you and I have been, I've been covering this team for, this is my ninth season. You've been covering them longer than I have. Yeah. A lot of times when we go in there saying the scheduling guys have helped the Sixers out, that's when a aid a, a comes out. They lay an egg. What's your thoughts about tonight? 
I think tonight, based on the fact that they have played the last two games the way that they have against Orlando, well, let's take it back to Brooklyn. In their last three games, they are one and two, and they are lucky to have that Orlando game too. So um, uh, they, they haven't been playing their best, and they can't go into a situation against Cleveland tonight where they look at it like they did Orlando, maybe taking things lightly. This is a playoff team. They are the surprise team of the Eastern Conference, and at some point you expect them, to your point, to uh, fall back a little bit. They fall back down to earth, come back down to earth, and I guess their comeback down to earth is still being in the top six and, and still being a pretty good team led by Darius Garland. So they cannot go in here and look at this team and take them lightly. As it stands right now, if this were to remain, Keith, they would be the Sixers opponent in the postseason. While they do have a 2-0 advantage on the season series thus far, the two games being in Philadelphia, you need to let this team know that while they are young, up and coming and spunky, and they feel good about themselves, that the matchup doesn't work out for them. So go in there, take care of business against this Cleveland team. Don't look past them because if you do, again, you're looking at the Dallas Mavericks, which is going to be a tough game. The Raptors on Sunday, a tough game. First end of a back-to-back with Miami being the second part, second leg of that one. You cannot overlook a game like this one tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They need to get things back on track. They have, what, 15 games remaining on the season the Sixers do, and they need to start clicking again. We saw the good of the Sixers through the first few games of James Harden's uh, uh, time here with the Sixers. Now we're starting to see it backslide a little bit and go in the other direction. Maybe we should have seen the the, the bad parts first and seen it click later on uh, through the eight games. It's going in the other way. All right, now it, you need to get back to what we saw the first time around with this basketball team where the ball was being moved around, sharing, and B was getting his hard, and Maxie, everybody's getting their touches. They cannot overlook this Cleveland team tonight. Nah, they can't. I mean, and especially since, you know, the way they beat them the last two times. Well, the first time was, you know, it was a blowout. The second time yeah. the game was way more competitive. You know, my yep. thing is, like, Darius Garden, I, I really like him. I like that kid. Tough, I, tough. tough man. And, and I think, you know, you're going to have a hard time stopping them, putting somebody in front of them. And then they bring in, I mean, they have, let's face it, they have a, a better bench right now. I mean, they just have a better bench. So, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're the Sixers, you, you want to take advantage of the mismatches that you have with MB. You know, I mean, even when Jared Allen was there, you know, Jared Allen's an all-star. But it, it yeah. means he's just too small. He's like, sure. he's too thin to guard MB. He just uses girth on him, you know. And that's I, the same thing with with um, Evan Mobley starting at the five the last game. And while it was a win for them, he started at the five. He had 30 points. He was fantastic offensively. But to your point, he is now the primary center. And he's a really good defensive player for a rookie. But this is a different type of animal when we're talking about the seven two two almost two eighty and Joel Embiid and that almost two eighty. Come on, bro. You oh. know that boy's pushing three. Like I mean, I'm not calling him fat. I mean, but two eighty. Oh, he's a big. Dude. He's a big. Yeah. He's seven two. He big. He a big dude. He's a big, big dude. dude. So that's a that's a lot for Jared Allen and for Evan Mobley to have to deal with uh, tonight in Joel Embiid. It's his birthday, Keith. So you see, Keith, you know that they're, they're mo- he's motivated. Not that he needs that extra motivation, but. Uh, he's going to get his, you think, and, and and if Mobley's in foul trouble, then what? Are you going to go Kevin Love as your backup five? Uh, I don't I don't know what they're going to do in that situation. Lowry Markinen is out there too. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna send double teams to help out Evan Mobley, and and he's getting guys in foul trouble every single time out. 
And I wouldn't expect it to be any different against Mobley tonight where while he has him with the young legs and all that stuff on the other end, he has to be able to be out there to use those young legs on the offensive end to make him be work. So interesting matchup uh, tonight with Evan Mobley having to be the five with Jared Allen out. So I'll be keeping my eye on that one. So my question is outside of that, I, you know, who, who do you think unsung hero who has to be the unsung hero for the six? For the Sixers, I need to see to I need to see Tobias Harris get back to the Tobias Harris we saw against Orlando, where he shot the ball 18 times, 10 of 18 for that 26 points. He only had nine attempts against the Denver Nuggets, and I, I don't know how that is possible. If there if if we are good to now go back to Doc Rivers, you need to find some shots for Tobias Harris. Doc Rivers mentioned Keith, and you wrote a story about it. You wrote a great pre- piece on Enquirer.com about how he wants James Harden to yes, they'll be the point guard, but look for his a little bit more. So I would say it's a combination of, again, outside of Embiid, Harris, Harden, and Maxi still being those guys once again. They have to, have to, have to have big offensive games and put some of that pressure on the Cavs defense. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a good one. And, um, you know, I'm going to be here. Uh, well, I'm in Cleveland right now, y'all getting ready to, get ready to go over there and, and cover the game. But uh, yeah, I want to, I want to, you know, let you, well, D and I will be back tomorrow to dissect it. Um, what happens, yeah. and, uh, you know, here's the deal. If you don't know by now, maybe something's wrong. I shouldn't say something's wrong with you, but if you don't know by now, I think it's time to do yourself a favor. You need to follow D on Twitter. You also need to listen to his radio show. Like he does post game. It's one of those things where sometimes I have my headphones on while I'm in the media room listening to my man uh, break it down. So, D, just tell people, I know they know where to come and get you at Locked On, but tell them where they can follow you on Twitter and also, you know, where they can get you on the radio. Yeah, 97.5 The Fanatic is uh, the radio station in Philadelphia, FM. You can, if you're not local, or if you're around the country, 97.5thefanatic.com, or you can download the app, listen on the app, 97.5thefanatic. On Twitter, Devon, G-D-E-V-O-N-G, 975. That's where you'll catch me on Twitter. I've been around the team, like he said, for, for many, many years, and I uh, feel like I know them a little bit. feel like I know what they've been up to a little bit over these last couple of years. So that's where I'll be, Devon, G, 975 on Twitter, 97.5thefanatic on the airwaves. So Devon G is trying to be a little humble, modest, whatever he's trying to say. The guy knows <laughs> a lot about the team. He does. He really does. But hey, y'all, I want to thank y'all for making Locked On 76 or your first listen every day. Now make your first listen Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Thursday, Friday. I'm about to say Thursday. In mm-hmm. less than 30 minutes, it's free and available wherever, wherever you get your podcast. So for D, this is Keith. I want to thank y'all for listening and have a blessed day.